0: Good afternoon, today is December 9th, the Feast of St. Juan Diego, and it's 3 p.m. Erie, Pennsylvania time, and I just want to welcome everybody to the Anchored in Hope podcast. I'm Father Larry Richards, if you don't know by now. um, We can do this every week, just answer questions, again the best thing to do is On the chat side, just type in your question and I will get to them as I can. Also, you can email us at thereasonforourhope.org and uh, just put in there that's a question for the podcast and then they'll print it out and they'll get it to me at another time. So, why don't we pray? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, thank you that your son came to us to be Emmanuel, you who are with us. This Advent, Father, may we just be with you because you are always with us. You're always loving us, always doing everything in your power to save us. Thank you, Father. Thank you for Jesus. We beg you, Father, to embrace us with your Holy Spirit, that your Spirit would always help us to do your most holy will. We beg you these things, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us, good Saint Joseph. Pray for us, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Again, welcome. It's uh beginning to look a lot like Christmas, <laughs> so... It's taken me, I started on Thanksgiving uh, Day to start decorating the rectory and the church and the offices and I'm still in the midst of it. It uh, drives me completely crazy because uh, we have a big, uh, the the 7th of January this year, it's the Friday after New Year. We have a big uh, open house for all the priests and uh, of the diocese and our bishop comes and it's always such a good thing because um, um, my people at the parish cook all kinds of food and all kinds of desserts and they bring all kinds of libations and the priests come and we do evening prayer together and then we just have a time of uh, great fellowship. Um, I always say this is never a talk time to talk about theology or a debate about theology or church business. It's a time to focus on Um, God and focusing on him calling us to the great gift of priesthood and the fraternity that we share. So it's always a great time. So we always have that very much decorated for that in the offices. And um, so it's been good. I just want to get done with it. So hopefully tonight I'll get a lot of it done because I don't have anything on my schedule as of now. Um, So, That'll be a good thing. So let's get right in here and start uh, answering your questions here, okay? Let's do it. So the first one is, hi, Father Larry. Uh, Thank you for uh, praying for my mother. My mother, I haven't been able to talk to her. They want us to uh, have no contact with her for two weeks so she can have the, um, so I guess there can be a break there. I've been keeping in contact through my sister who still doesn't talk to her either, but she at least talks to the nurses and that. As you know, last week wasn't a good week for me last week, you know, but by God's grace, we got through it uh, and a lot of your prayers and a lot of support was very much appreciated. Um, my mother fell and so they had to put her into a, uh, a body brace and they've had her sleeping out in the hall in that next to the nurse's station until uh, they can get everything set up because it's a brand new facility in Pittsburgh, literally brand new. And so uh, uh, so they're taking a lot of good care of my mother, hopefully, now. And I'll be able to see her Monday. So that's my plan to go down there and um, see her this coming Monday and take, I have a little Christmas tree to take down to uh, put in her room. Um, just about, you know, just one of these little things with the, uh, I usually go down and put up the tree for her at her place, um, but we won't be doing that this year, uh, probably not anymore. So, again, just continue to please pray for her um, and continue to uh, please pray for my family. Thank you very much. Thank you for those prayers, Nancy. Okay, good afternoon, Michael. Okay, what would you counsel the victims of slander victims of slander do they turn the other cheek or do they stand for themselves against the, uh, the lies spoken of them thank you well I have been a victim of slander again and again and again and again and again every time I open my mouth it seems like uh, I make somebody mad and that's okay Jesus did the same thing but there's two things what happens with slander one is you can accept it and uh in humility and because there's always some truth in it usually when uh people are slandering me it's something i said but out of context you know and so slander is when you're trying to ruin someone's reputation it can be mortally sinful to do that to purposely even if it's a truth to purposely set out to ruin someone's uh reputation because again the teaching of the church is everybody has a right to a good reputation and uh if we're just sitting there trying to destroy people, as we do all over the media today, we sit there and try to destroy people, destroy their reputation, to make ourselves in the right. Now, uh, if they are wrong, so you can take that and say, Jesus, I do this for love of you, and let it end there. Unless what they're doing is uh, causing scandal and truly... um, putting un, uh, untruthful things out there, then uh, we need to stand up and make sure that we're speaking uh, right and defending ourselves if it's going to f- affect more people. Uh, so that's why, you know, in some things I've just always let it go. Um, and then they sit there and say, see, you won't even say anything. It's kind of like Pope Francis. People get him constantly and He lets it go and they keep saying, you're not even gonna uh, uh, stick up for yourself or you're not gonna even answer these objections. And he says, Jesus didn't and neither why. You know, Jesus, like uh, a sheep was before the slaughter, opened not his mouth. And so Pope Francis says he'll do the same thing. Uh, He answers usually much later because you do realize no matter what we ever say, even to defend yourself, there's always they're not interested in truth people that slander you and no way are they interested in truth they're only interested in destroying somebody it's a uh, a social media murder if you will you know and sometimes it's the people who are most pro life that kill people that uh, and that's not true and for me to even say that's just a uh, not a true thing there have been people that that you know in the name of uh, being pro-life, slander other people and kill them and kill their reputations. But that if you're truly pro-life, that just isn't true. I mean, I am so pro-life. I do everything we can to make sure, as we've talked about before, but pro-life has to be in all aspects. We support Uh, babies being born, we end the curse of abortion. We support people until they die naturally, and we support people who are poor so they can eat and different things. When we're pro-life people, we're pro-life from birth until the grave, and we do everything to support them, uh, to support other people and to support life. So if that happens, then we don't even try to destroy people's reputation. Because again, that's like a murder. And so we gotta be consistent that I gotta be uh, supporting people the way Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus always came and brought life. And so we must do the same. Okay, thanks for the question. But again, you gotta do what the Lord's gonna, to go back to that for a second. In his will is our peace. So always just uh, say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to stick up for myself? Do you want me to... Uh, take this and join myself with you on the cross. Um, you tell me what to do, Jesus, and I'll do it. And always to find out what gives you peace, that's the thing to do, okay? Now, let's go on here. Father, are you doing confessions this Saturday from three to four? I am not. This week is Father uh, Mac, who's hearing confessions. Who's, um, uh, uh, nicer than me, you know, easier than me. Um so yes, he has it this week. How is Hope TV coming along? We're getting are we getting close to the launch? I think so. Again, they're they're doing a lot of the work here, but we still haven't got a media person. And again, I am in uh, very dire need of the media person. Even this podcast, I want to take it and do all the interviews and get over this just uh, answering questions stuff. But I can't do it until I get a media person. Now, if I wanted to sit there and focus and this would be my whole life just to do this, and I would sit there and say, I could do it by myself. But the problem is, again, uh, everybody comes to me from their own perspective of course and so I'm having I have a parish I have to run and that's an everyday 24 hour uh, a day thing I have the foundation I got to run I have Mary Therese who and a a team here that does real well but sometimes even them they're sitting there saying okay you know we need to do this 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 I get it and I'm doing it but sometimes uh, everybody on I mean people call me all the time email me all the time expect to be answered immediately um, and get irritated if I don't respond to them immediately or call people back and you know uh, I, I just I can't there's just no way possible for me to keep doing that I also have a retreat program uh that's called divine mercy encounter that we'd finally just got uh someone else to take that over I'm still the spirits director but we're trying to constantly get that I'm trying to finish this book uh on the lord's prayer and everybody that sits there and always says father why ain't the book done yet <laughs> because i have a thousand things to do all at the same time so i just ask people to be patient um with me as things go on and uh, uh again that's where the prayers come that uh Because sometimes what happens is, is I have all these things going on at the same time and I just stop and I almost shut down. Like, okay, I'm not dealing with any of it right now because I got to focus on getting uh, things done and priorities that I got to get done no matter how people uh, look from the other side and say, are you going to do this? But please, we we are going to, um, all this stuff is going to happen Uh, but we really need a media person. So if you know anybody out there in media that really wants to help us out, again, it's a hired position, and then uh, that would be fantastic. That's what I've been praying for, and God is faithful, and I know he'll come through with that. So thank you, and keep praying for the Hope TV uh, launch. To tell you the honest to goodness truth, I have no idea the date. They don't tell me anything. <laughs> anyway, so but it's coming and I think it's gonna be fantastic. Uh that's why too, if you want any of the CDs or any of the stuff, everything's fifty percent off. Now at the website, we're getting rid of all the um the old media because you know, the CDs, DVDs, all that kind of stuff. So all that kind of stuff. Uh the, the books and that of course we're not getting rid of, but all the other media and that. If you're interested, you can go to the reasonforourhope.org and there's a lot of stuff on there. Thanks, Bruce. Okay, Chris Walker. Father Larry Genevieve and Jude want to know why Juan Diego is so important. They are with me. They want to go to Mexico to see it in person. Juan Diego is the one who saw the, uh, the Blessed Mother appeared to her in Guadalupe. And again, as I talk about, I did it this morning at Mass because we celebrated the feast of Saint uh, uh, Juan Diego. And this is, I mean, think about it. This is what the mother of God said to him. This is from Our Lady of Guadalupe and the words she said to St. Juan Diego. Listen, my son, to what I tell you now. Do not be troubled nor disturbed by anything. Do not fear illness nor any other distressing occurrence nor pain. Am I not your mother? Am I not life and health? Have I not placed you on my lap and made you my responsibility? Is there anything else that you need? So here, St. Juan Diego got to tell this to the world and think about what was happening in Mexico at that time. Um, There was a lot of human sacrifices going on. It was a very dark, dark, dark period, especially for all those people who were being killed. And then our lady comes there, and she brings life. That's why our lady of Guadalupe is the patroness of life uh against abortion, of course, because we're still in the midst of all these things we're we're killing babies uh, and we're saying it's okay there's there's just so many parallels with us and what was going on before our lady hit Guadalupe and came there and brought all of uh south america if you will uh to the faith and this is like i said this morning this is my favorite uh, of all the apparitions because our lady is just coming there and telling us it's, is she not our mother we're sitting on her lap she's taking care of us and boy that can give us a lot of hope and that's what we need to be proclaiming you know uh So, again, it's always my favorite. But Juan Diego is the messenger of the message of Our Lady and, of course, from Jesus. So that's why he is so important. And, uh, yes, very good. Hope that helps. Thank you for your priesthood. I love being a priest. Um, uh, Keep praying for me, Jeannie. That's very, very, very important. Okay. Can you advise on how to work with those who feel entitled? Yes, everything is gods and should be shared but there are a line there is an entitlement attitude yeah there is I think uh, one of the biggest problems today is uh, pride and uh, selfishness and so entitlement and brings both of those forth that um, we demand things you know again every day we have people come to the door and uh, say okay father you'll, you should take care of us and we never let anyone come to our parish without giving them something, even if it's a dollar, you know, something, you know, because we want them to feel that uh, when they come to the church, that they will get something. But sometimes people are just very demanding, you know, and uh, not only of us, of other people. Again, I think that we have to go, at our first thing is to say, you know, who are you to do this? And who are you to demand? and then but I really think that the Lord convicts me anyway about what made them like that. You know, what makes people the way they are? You know, there was an interesting book I read, oh, about six months, eight months ago. And of all people, it was uh, one of those Oprah books, which I have never read before in my whole life. Anytime anyone uh, says something about Oprah, I'm like, oh, please. But she wrote this with a psychologist, and, uh, and he really is the one that uh, wrote the book. She just an- asked him questions. Even though she did have some interesting stories of her own life. But the book is called What Happened to You? And uh, psychology and that have found out that most people are the way they are now because of what happened to them within the first five years of their life. Uh, we just think it's part of you know, bad decisions, everything else, and it is, but it usually goes deeper about what happened to them, being sexually molested, being uh, beaten uh, physically, uh, being put down mentally. There's a lot of things that have happened, and so one of the questions that they suggest we should be asking people is not just judging them, which, of course, sometimes we do so well, especially me, I know quite well, is, well, what happened to you? You know, to try to find out what's going on in someone's life. You know, uh, uh, Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, he was a Presbyterian minister. And they say he had in his pocket, he always carried around this saying that says, um, there's nobody we wouldn't uh, understand or love if we really knew uh, what happened to them or their history. And it doesn't make an excuse for things. But entitlement, um, like the big thing like even in churches today, like we just had a big meeting with our diocese about, you know, eventually we're going to have to, like in Erie, Pennsylvania, the we have about 300,000 people. And it used to be about 80% Catholic. I don't even think we're 50% Catholic anymore. But we're down... Uh, in the last two years, 36% on average in the diocese. My parish is down 34%. Some of the bigger parishes are down 50%. And we're just talking about, you know, we can't have 32 parishes anymore. We're going to have to start because with next year, we're going to lose five priests to retirement. And then uh, within five years or 10 years, I don't remember, we're only going to have 60 priests, but we have 70 parishes. And that's in the whole diocese. And so we have to sit there and uh, gonna have to refocus. Well, everybody comes and a a lot of Catholics now, not anybody is watching this of course, but a lot of Catholics look at the church as a country clubs, you know, that I come, I give you money and you give me what I want. And the mindset there is problematic because our job as Christians is about what can I give? not what can i get so like again i talk about to join my parish you got go, got to go through three classes and one class is what's it mean for jesus to be lord i teach all these classes and the second one's what's it mean to worship and the third one what's it mean to serve and i always have a thing those who do not eat should those who do not work should not eat so i say everyone in the parish has to do at least one thing for the parish every year because if not then you're a taker You just come, you might throw some money in the thing every week, but you're not giving of yourself, so you expect the church and the parish just to take care of you and your needs, and that's not a Christian. A Christian is one who comes to serve, that takes care of other people's needs. Now, of course, we as parishes and priests, of course, of course we need to take care of people's needs, but if that's the only thing the parish does, and if people only come to a parish as long as it's taking care of my needs without giving of themselves, then Uh, we are failing as a church because we need to be teaching people what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to give up your life for others, not expect everybody else to take care of you. Now, there are certain people, especially in the poor, who we must take care of because especially uh, in third world countries, 15,000 children die every day because of starvation and it's not their fault. We need to be taking care of these people and it's amazing These people don't feel entitled. They're just so grateful for people to take care of them and help them so they can live, so these babies can live. And so we need to, as a church, all of us need to be more concerned about others than we are about ourselves. And when we get focused on entitlement, it's all about me. And if there's anything we all got to know, it's never about me. It's always about others, God and others, and then God takes care of me. You know, it's in giving away our life that we find life. Um, So, uh, sometimes the way I deal with entitled people is I, you know, I'm very challenging to them. Take care of their needs, just not always their wants. In fact, usually not ever their wants. Their needs, everyone has a right to have their needs filled especially by the church, but people's wants, well, come on. It's not about you. It's about how can you help other people? And in fact, isn't that something that the more we become concerned about other people, the more we're blessed. You know, like again, when I'm talking about tithing and I say, you know, you got to give 10% of your income to God. And people say, I can't afford that father. And I always say, you can't not afford that. If you put God first, then you'll be blessed, because you've learned the mindset. It's not about me. It's about putting God and other people first, and uh, God will then bless me and take care of me. That ain't the reason I do it, but it's just the principle. I have to learn a principle in my life, that if uh, all the money I have, all the gifts that I have are God's, he gave them to me, then he says, listen, you can keep 90%. I want you to give me 10% off the top and especially Catholics, we go crazy over that. Well, no, no, I can't do that. Well, are you a servant of Christ? Are you following Jesus? Are you putting Jesus first? Are you doing his will or you just doing your own will? Are you coming for what you can get? Are you coming to following Christ? Being a disciple should cost you your life every day. Cost me my life every day. doesn't mean you know again but the question went down to i go off on tangents have you ever noticed the question was what do we do with entitled people we look at where they're coming from how they get there challenge them if they need to be challenged um because again the greatest thing that's going to help all of us is humility 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 so hope that helps i give very long explanations to some of these questions i know okay Okay, does Father Mac do questions like you do? Uh, No, John, he doesn't do the questions like I do. But what you can do is uh, go to the website and download the questions from, um, and then you can go, but he doesn't do that. I hear confessions. I have the 11 o'clock mass on Sunday morning, and I hear confessions uh, 15 minutes before mass, especially for those who have mortal sins, so they can go to communion uh, that day. Um, because i all like again the teaching of the church is our venial sins are forgiven at the beginning of every mass so uh, people with mortal sins they got to confess it so i always have confessions before mass for people with mortal sins so that they can uh, not die and go to hell and so they can go to communion without committing a sacrilege and so uh you know, so that's why we normally keep it there. But yes, I hear confessions. And then this week if you're in Erie, Pennsylvania, not uh this next Wednesday from four thirty to six thirty, we'll be hearing confessions. Every parish in the diocese of Erie, it's uh we'll, we'll leave the lights on for you. And it's Wednesday night from four thirty to uh six thirty. Uh, and that's every parish, and I'll be in that confessional for, I'll be in the confessional for two hours that day, hearing confessions, and so will Father Mac, and so hopefully, uh, if you need to go, you can go then. Okay. Steve John can be the media person, I'll poke on me <laughs> that would be, <laughs> Steve does everything quite well. Uh but he has a full-time job and uh, don't worry God'll provide, but that's a good idea. Steve does a lot. He's very good. Good, 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 good man. Always more concerned about others than he is about himself. What a great gift that is. And what a great gift he is. Okay. Thank you. I attended, parish, I attended, had a parish mission Monday, Tuesday night. The pastor was sitting near me on the phone during Our Father's Day. I said by the speaker, approached him after, and he denied it. Okay, I don't get this. Parish I attend had a mission Monday, Tuesday night, and the pastor was sitting near me on his phone during the Our Father Day 1 said by the speaker approached him after and he denied it well who knows it could have been uh, something important uh, gosh have mercy what are you gonna do pray for him that's all we can do okay let's take some of these that are on um, that came in through the internet
1: father larry
0: do you have any practical ways of praying when you're struggling with trauma I find that when I try to pray quietly or silently, I have intrusive thoughts or can be exhausted and I have trouble focusing on God himself. It has been hard to pray and know God's presence when I do not feel grounded, whether physically or spiritually. When I feel restless or agitated, I easily become frustrated at myself and even God at times and do not know how to persevere. Thank you. Okay, one of the oldest remedies for that is uh, piercing the cloud of unknowing if you ever read that book with a word so again for me the word that I come when I'm stressed and when I'm uh, feel completely out of control is Abba and so I can just sit there and I'll just focus on the prayer Abba Abba and then for me, that brings me into the presence of God. You can get a prayer word that will help you, uh, that rings in you. It could be Jesus, you know, uh, the, the, the Hail Mary. It could be uh, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. All those things, very important is reading of Scripture. You know, I'm very big about no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. Again, this morning, where I the Lord led me to 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14. And um, it says, uh, act like a man. And then it's, as it says, act like a man, it says, do everything with love. And it says stand firm in that. There's more in the verse 13, but verse 14 is very short. It's just do everything with love. And I was been reflecting on that all day thinking that isn't it interesting? What a man does is does everything with love. And isn't that sometimes the opposite of what we think masculinity is? You know, masculinity is being strong and uh, protecting people, which it is but it's also doing everything with love. Um, Last night I got to watch something about Mr. Rogers, and I was just sitting there thinking, I am not Mr. Rogers, and I will never be Mr. Rogers. But he was so gentle that that took great strength. I'm afraid of being that gentle. I'm afraid that I would be... uh, ridiculed almost you know like if I was ever do that so I don't think there's any danger of me ever becoming Mr. Rogers but I was sitting there as I was watching the movie I was thinking he had to be so strong to be that way we think it's the opposite but he had to be very strong to be that way so um that's just interesting so uh yes just say a word and keep piercing heaven with that word. Um, and again, that's a very ancient tradition uh, to do that. Uh, so find that word for you. Ask the Lord to reveal the word for you and just stay focused on the word. And the word can take you like arrows into a cloud and just take you right into the very presence of God. Hope that helps. Okay, let's go back here. Okay, we don't have many uh, questions. If there's no more questions there, I'll take a few more on here, and then um, we will see. As a Catholic, am I absolutely required to believe that the Holy Spirit also proceeds from Jesus the Son? To be honest, I haven't thought about that much. I was just wondering how strict the church is on such beliefs. (laughs) Listen, that was argued about between the roman catholics and the orthodox you know is one of the reasons what they what we split over because we believe the uh the the holy spirit proceeds from the father and the son uh, and the father son we say in our creed whereas the uh, orthodox again my understanding is they only believe it proceeds from the father guess what none of us know even when we say this is the belief great We're still talking about the mystery of the Trinity of God. If we could say we know the Trinity and we can define the Trinity, then by definition, the Trinity is no longer God and never was because he can be comprehended and grasped by our minds. And the great, great God is beyond us. We can know as much about him as we're capable of but when we're fighting over it does it proceed from the father and the son or does the father, okay, fight over it. Have fun with that, you know? And so, and we had the first divisions over such stupidity. And that was not the only reason, but again, there was lots of reasons and that was one of the the fights that was going on. And I just sit there and think, really, you know, really? So uh, I don't, to answer the question, I don't really know how strong that is but you know we had we first division between us and the orthodox that was part of the the fight was over that particular question. So okay, I have one more question that came in this past week on my email. So I will bring this up. Good morning, Father. I have a question or a dilemma in my struggle to find love in my heart for others who continue to annoy me. Um, They'll say things like, the president is not a real Catholic, continues with negative, hateful talk about the Pope, blacks, and migrants. I have known this person for 53 years. My sister, uh, they become radicalized. It hurts me that I don't even want to be around him I always try to move and keep the conversation away from politics and religion for fear of heated conversation because I'll stick up for Pope Francis. Good job. Yeah, me too. Some, you know, again, sometimes in my own family, I just will not bring up certain things. And when they uh, bring up certain topics, I'll just say, nope, we're not going there. That's all. We're not going there. And if they say, we're going to go there, then I walk out. I just walk into another room. I just say, okay, then talk to yourself. I will not be drawn into this conversation. I just will not, you know. And so uh, they eventually learn that it's not going to work with you, that you're not going to be drawn in. But the best thing to do is before you even see them is ask the Holy Spirit to be present that uh, and help the uh, ask the Holy Spirit to give you the spiritual sight that sees the person that's driving you crazy is Jesus. <laughs> I, know. I know. Remember, Dorothy Day says, we love God as much as the person we like the least. Remember, remember, remember. And so, uh, and there's a lot of people I like the least. Let me give you a hint. And there's no la-la here. Or like, oh, I just love everybody. I wish I loved everybody. I I want to love everybody, but there's some people that drive me insane, like there's some people that I drive insane, right? And it's just a natural thing, but we gotta remember that this isn't what God's calling us. He's calling us to be supernatural. He's giving us the grace, so sometimes you say, Lord, I just can't love that person. Sorry, I just can't do it, but you can, and you live inside of me, so Jesus, I give you permission to take control and love them through me. And boy, when you make that prayer of surrender, then you realize it's not about you. You realize it's about Jesus inside of you. You realize that your own weaknesses, but you focus more on his strength. And uh, then we can all be doing what God is asking us to do. You know, love our enemies, be good to those who persecute us. You know, those things aren't options. These are the things we need to be fighting over about how can we... Fight over? How can we be more loving towards each other? You know, I'm more loving than you. No, you're lying. I'm more loving than you. Oh, wouldn't that be a great fight to have? I'm more of a servant. I mean, it would be filled with pride, so it wouldn't work. But still, when we, uh, we talk about who's Catholic, who's not Catholic, we need to have certain guidelines that this is what makes us Catholic. And uh, the problem is, like I've been saying for years, you know, if you believe these things, uh, you're no longer Catholic. You've separated yourself from the faith, which is fine. If that's what you want, then go for it. Just don't tell the Catholic Church, this is what we must believe. Huh? This is not the way to do things. If you're a member of the church, then you listen to the teaching of the church. You don't change the teaching of the church because the especially when it comes to Revelation, God tells us we don't tell God. And so... Um, there's other places and different Protestant things that you can find what you want and go there and buy it, you know. A couple years ago, I was at a place and one of the big Catholic speakers was there and I'm standing right there and he says, the, the church, the bishops and the priests have uh, failed us. We need to take over. Now, I'm not a good one to, to be talking that kind of stuff when I'm right there. And so I says, first of all, I haven't failed anybody. Second of all... If you do that, you're welcome to do that, but know what it's called. It's called Protestantism. huh? You cannot have a Catholic church without the bishops and priests. People want it? Okay, well, that's what we call Protestants. You can do that. It's already out there. You don't have to create something new. You cannot take over the Catholic church as lay people and say, we're going to rise up. Sorry, we're run by bishops and with the bishops or the priests. And so we got to work with them, pray for conversion for those who need converted, pray for truth, pray for love. But to say that, you know, it's the utmost pride and arrogance when just because he's a Catholic speaker rises up and say, they have failed us, we need to take over. Sir, I wouldn't follow you anywhere, period. So when you're putting yourself up there first, then that's all pride and it shows you not not doing god's will but boy oh boy there are so many as i often talk about uh, so many people start listening to themselves and they think that we're the speakers for the church you know we're not (laughs) that's all we do the best our can as a priest this is my job is to to answer questions and to be uh, bring as many of you as i can to jesus and a relationship with jesus that's that's why i do this is to help us all grow uh, stronger in our faith grow in deeper knowledge of jesus and make sure we know truth and uh, that's why I do this, but I am the first one to tell you, hopefully, that I don't know everything, and I usually tell you if I don't, uh, I have opinions, Uh, can can you tell I have opinions uh, over things, but don't confuse my opinion for dogma, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, I might confuse it, but don't you ever confuse it, you know, make sure everything I ever say, make sure it's of the scriptures and make sure it's of the teaching of the church. If not dismiss it, you know, because again, I say, I say things without thinking sometimes too. So, but anyway, there we go. Let's go on. Hopefully that helps. Okay. Okay. Your suggestion is just open the Bible tempts me to open only the New Testament. If it's wrong to pick an easier reading, how do you determine where in the Bible God wants you to hear him? I usually go, when I'm opening scripture too, I usually will go towards the the New Testament uh, when I'm opening the scripture after I pray the Holy Spirit, but not all the time. It depends on the day. Like this morning was just, okay, this is perfect for me today. Um, And so is yesterday Uh, Yesterday was God wants all men to be saved and come to knowledge of his truth. Hmm. Um, It just reminds me. And so, but again, make sure you know this isn't magic when you're going to the scripture. It's an encounter with the, excuse me, an encounter with the living God. And when you have an encounter with the living God, then God will lead you if it's truly an encounter like when i tell my seminarians and the people i'm spiritual director to don't let this become a ritual don't just sit there and you know open up the bible so you have something to say to father larry so father larry doesn't get on your case i says when that happens it starts to become deadly it has to be an encounter with the living god and the bible isn't just a book it's the living god it's jesus he is the word. And so we have an encounter with Jesus every day. It's very important. We have to pray the Holy Spirit first. Okay. Father, in Lewiston, Maine, I loved Lewiston. You have a great pastor. You have great priests. You have great people. Fantastic. I had a fine time in Lewiston, Maine. Thank you. A priest brought relics to the parish, and one of which is a piece of the veil belonging to the Blessed Mother. Do you know that this is true? I have no idea. Like just yesterday, this morning I saw on Facebook or something that they, uh, they're going some place that has the uh, uh, supposed to have the, the cover of uh, St. Joseph. Pete, I don't know. I mean, honest to goodness, I always say, who cares? I get to receive and touch the God of the universe every day, every single day in the Eucharist. It's the actual body, blood, soul, and divinity of God. Relics, okay. You know, oh, like this is a relic of whoever. Oh, that's great. They're people, holy people, but still people. Focus on our Lord Jesus Christ. If you ask my opinion, not teaching a church, my opinion I don't buy this stuff that says, I have a piece of the veil of the Blessed Mothers. I just don't buy it. You know Why don't I buy it? Because uh, in the medieval church, that was ways of getting people to come to your church. And so... They would come and uh, say, "Oh, look! At we have this. This is a, a piece of the veil of the Blessed Mother's uh, veil." And so people would come, and w- people come from all over to to see that relic, and you get money. There's a, there's a lot of uh, stuff that just you know was a way to get a lot of people there. Even I was just in Venice, and at St. Mark's in Venice, they have the body. I even only found out there's two bodies there, but anyway, of St. Mark. But what did they do to get the body of St. Mark? They went to another church and they stole it. They even have it up on the thing about, and I'm just thinking, is these, are we followers of Jesus Christ when we're stealing things, when we want to get, you know, all this? Oh, please. I just to say, focus, focus, focus on Jesus Christ. Focus on that. The saints that are around us are there to support us. There are brothers and sisters who lead us to Jesus. But the problem is so often people get stuck on the relics. Oh, I have a relic. I'm very glad I have a lot of relics, to tell you the truth. But those relics are not Jesus. And so um, the greatest thing we have is the Eucharist. So you need to be focused on the Eucharist, not relics. Because again, I don't, you know, great. That's a relic of the Blessed Mother. Okay, I, 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 okay. so uh, what's that mean? I get to see the Son of God. I get to receive him. He gets to come into me every day. So, but I don't, I, I really don't know uh, whether it is, whether it isn't. Uh, it's above my pay grade. <laughs> I don't know the history of it. Okay. Hello from Kingston, Jamaica. I've been to Jamaica. Years ago, I was in Jamaica because my favorite thing in all the world uh, for vacation is to go on cruises um because to me it's the most relaxing thing it used to be you'd go there a 7 day cruise and uh you can't use the internet you can't publish anything you can't talk to anybody you're just going and being nice and so when I first went to my my first cruise many 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 years ago about 30 years ago um I got off in Jamaica and I I didn't have my cleric's on of course and I got up the boat and I'm walking and this guy uh says hey man Hey, man, would you like some reefer? And I said, oh, no, thank you. And he kept following me. He says, come on, man, man, man. Would you like some reefer, man? Come on. And I go, no. And he wouldn't stop. And I said, glory be. I'm a priest of Jesus Christ. Would you let me go? And he says, we kill priests here. And I go, well, then you'll go. I'll go to heaven and you'll go to hell let me go. So that was my experience of uh, my time in Jamaica there. But I've been to Dun Rivers Falls and all that stuff. I love Jamaica and I love the people of Jamaica. Not when you're trying to accept when that person was trying to make me buy reefer. I don't know. Anyway, so okay, here we go. Hello, Father. Listen to your homily today. The message from Our Lady is very comforting, but I always feel a little guilty that I go to prayer because I always go to the prayer when in trouble that's why and our lady will still take us even when we do that kind of prayer but that's why it's so important that we have daily relationship with god and his mother like i said if there's an interesting you know the other day i had uh many rosaries a group and they asked me to say the rosary at them uh i think was monday morning or tuesday morning i forget and uh And it's a, you know, you can find it on YouTube and it's just, uh, Mary led me to Jesus. And I give a little talk uh, about 15 minutes after I say the rosary to this wonderful woman. And uh, I talk about, Mary is so often used. You know, give me, give me, give me. I want, I want, I want, I need, I need, I need. But may she be loved. You know, we need to love our mother. Jesus gave us his mother on the cross, the last gift he ever gave us, so we could take her into our care. Now, of course, when we take Mary into our care, she takes us into her care. But the point is, we shouldn't just go before God and be these empty, or these uh, black holes, just gimme, gimme, gimme. So it's important that, first of all, you know that as you do. So decide that you're going to go to Mary every day. And, you know, it's always a good thing to even say a rosary of thanksgiving. Just thank you, Mother, for all the things you've done for me. Thank you, Mother, for being in my life. Thank you, Mother, for taking care of me. Thank you, Mother, instead of, oh, I need, I need, I need. Um, and again, that's, uh, it's just, a, it's about relationship. It's not about uh uh, a divine rabbit's foot and we can use God and his mother as divine rabbit's foot. Now again, they don't get mad and everything, but we at least you should know that, that God wants us to go more. He wants us to love him and wants us to love our mother, not just use them. Okay? But that's great insight. Uh but, Father Larry, are you wearing a sweater that looks exactly like one Mr. Rogers used to wear? <laughs> yeah. He he always wore Kerrigan's, car- 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 you know, so with the buttons and that, because his mother made them and he had zippers. So uh, no, this isn't. Uh, um, I was sitting there thinking, oh dear. But again, I'll never be like Mister Rogers because of what happened to me. I have too much uh, dysfunction in my life and in the way I was brought up. It's. Uh, I often think about wow, how uh, how God's ever used me as a priest with all the. Uh, all the stuff that I've went through in my own life. And it's still, um, like, again, I've talked about it before. After someone wrote, uh, read my Be a Man book, uh, the man sat there, and again, his first one, it came out, and he says, Father, I just finished reading your Be a Man book, and you have issues. And I just sat there and responded to him, and I go, Yes, sir, you're right, I have lots of issues, lots of them uh and i do so but again that's the greatness that's why it always gives me hope when we read the genealogy of jesus christ and that the gospel keeps it there because there's murderers rapists um prostitutes everything in his line and yet from that line came the christ and that's so hopeful it doesn't matter where we've been it matters where we're going and That's what keeps me going, that um, Jesus keeps using me and keeps saying, you look at me, don't look at your past, don't look at your situation, you look at me. And so that's what we all got to be doing. So uh, yes, it's a nice coward, but it's not, uh, uh, it's cardinal red, see? It's Christmassy. Anyway, there we go. My prayer times are always inundated with emotions of worthlessness, hypocrisy, in a sense, I'm talking, taking God for granted or treating God like my lackey. Hence, I do not pray that often. Exactly. Because you focus on yourself in prayer instead of God. And see, that's what we got to stop. When God looks at us and he says, why do you come into my presence and look at you or look at yourself and look at your past? look at the situation, why don't you come into my presence and look at me, and when you and I come into God's presence and look at him, God is love, there is nowhere, nowhere we are more loved than in the very presence of almighty God, nowhere are we more loved than when we pray, nowhere, and so because God is love, think about the nicest person you know and make God at least that nice, come on, But God is not just nice. He's love. And what is love? Gives away his life. God sent Jesus to die for you and your sins. Why do you stay focused on you and your sins? Jesus Christ paid the penalty. You should always be grateful. It's from the evil one to keep you focused on yourself. Because then you don't pray like you said. And God's calling you to come into his presence. And the more you come to know his love, the more you'll do his will because you if there's true only fear in our life, and not talk about the fear of the Lord, that's an awe of God. But if we are afraid of God only, then we can't love him because fear takes away freedom. And love cannot love unless it's free. You understand that? That's why it's so important that we enter into love God. He doesn't, you know, Jesus said, that when the greatest commandment, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. He didn't say you shall fear the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So God is calling us to this intimacy of love and this awe, that fear of the Lord will come in us and help us, but it should always draw us closer to him, not take us farther away from him. You understand? The healthy fear puts us in awe and wanting to be in the presence of God. You're so good. An unhealthy fear, not of God fear, keeps us away from him and keeps us focused on ourselves and our sins and our unworthiness and our past. You know, I often think about God, you know, we come before him and go, oh God, I'm so unworthy. And he goes, yes, I know. That's why I sent Jesus to die for you. Would you get over yourself? We need to humble ourselves when we come before him, but then he lifts us up so we can't stay there, okay? So, Uh no, it's not silly. Ninety nine point nine percent of the people are where you are. Ninety nine point nine percent of the people have never had an experience the love of God. So I encourage you, be you man or woman, go to Mark chapter one verse eleven. Mark chapter one verse eleven, and sit there with it, and go there every day until you get it in your heart. Every time you pray, God the Father meets you in prayer and he says to you what he said to Jesus because Jesus is inside of you through baptism. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter and I'm pleased with you. Sit there in his word and his word will bring healing to your heart. Won't fix it. It'll heal it. In prayer is where we get healed and the deepest need in all of our hearts is to be loved. And it's in prayer, if you truly have authentic prayer, where that deepest need will be fulfilled inside of you. Okay? Best Christmas gifts for a priest? Money. I have sent checks to priests who never cashed the checks. Oh, well, I always tell people the best thing to get me is Amazon <laughs> gift cards. I use, I'm on Amazon almost every day. And, uh, and I just think Amazon's one of the greatest things you can do for priests because you don't—they don't usually need new uh, spiritual pictures for the wall. They probably usually have enough of all that stuff, especially as priests gets older. But I always say, again, if people say, "Well, Father, I want to get you something," I'll say, "Well, uh, Amazon gift card is the best," and I think that's one of the best things to get priests because that way, because I do a lot of reading or audible. Uh, then I can do all that stuff for all those things but I always tell people to me that's the greatest the greatest gift uh, and so that's what I'd uh, give to priests because money I mean, uh, if you buy a gift card, then they gotta use it and for something, which is always the best thing. Gift cards for uh, restaurants and that. Like I still have gift cards from restaurants that I've had in my, I a booklet of just gift cards that have been there five years I've never used because I have to go to the restaurant or whatever. So it's just a lot of things. But Amazon gift cards are the best, if you ask me. Hi, Father Larry. We attended your mission in Maine last month. Thank you. We changed my life. God changed your life. He just used some jackass to do it. Anyway, Thank you for what you did. Uh, yeah, I, I really loved it. I want to get back there one of these days. Pray for you every day. Thank you. Visa cards are the best gifts for our fathers. Um, Visa cards are, again, that's uh, it's like, for me, I hate when I get a Visa card or American Express card because then I got to use it. And it's usually only, a, you have to use it with another card. You know, so what I usually do is I take them and I put them in Amazon and make them Amazon gift cards. <laughs> that's the way I do this. Ah, that's funny. Truth is sometimes hard to hear. Do you know St. Anne's Joachim knew Mary immaculately conceived? I do not know. Uh, we don't know the mind of somebody else. Okay. Is it permissible for a Catholic to attend my parish, but contribute to yours? You should take care of your parish first, is what it is. Anything, if you're watching us and doing things like that, you can, of course, contribute, but that would be a, a, a split, but you should always take care of your own parish first. Okay, be a saint or go to hell. Yep, that's my saying, and it's time for me. I'll end you on that. God's calling us to be saints, and holiness is a byproduct of love. Don't seek holiness in itself. It'll make you a hypocrite. It'll make you prideful. It'll make you think, look at all the things I do for God. Ask God to increase his love for him and increase your love for other people, and then you'll be a saint. Got it? Get it? Are you gonna do it? May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Have a blessed week.